0: Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. My guests today are the creators of Love Bites, narrators Emily Wu Zeller and Gabra Zachman. Welcome, ladies, to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast.
2: Hey! Hey, thank you so much for having us.
1: No, yeah. As soon as you guys announced this, I was like, on my wish list, I'm having them on. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And Gabra has been a past guest of mine before, so she's been through this uh, craziness with me already. But Emily is brand new, and I'm so excited, too, to have them both here today (laughs) to chat. I'm a oh. podcast virgin. Am <gasps> I <Is my> your first? <laughs> no, wait, wait. Hold no, no. I'm
0: no, 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 no. I, say, I'm okay. your podcast virgin. My,
1: okay, yeah. There's always some <laughs> I was gonna say I don't mind topping cherries, but uh <laughs> 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 but yeah, but this is the first time with me. You know, it's always great. And then, like I I said before, um, once in, you know, you're always. A member of the family so mm-hmm. we keep you guys around uh because you guys also rock and why not <laughs> 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 but uh, why don't we start by having you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and kind of how you got started in, in narration and then we'll go from there Deborah why don't you go first yeah happy to um uh first of all Viviana I just want to say again thank you
2: so much for having us I, I find you so engaging and easy to talk to and you're also such a huge supporter of the community. So I speak for more than just Emily and I, when I say that we're really, um, we, we could not exist without um, people like you of which there, there are very few who are so supportive and so warm and actually just so into the content. So Aww, um, thank, you. Uh, thank you. So truly, truly, thank you. Um, so let's see, I will say, uh, I'll give the, 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 three, the three minute Or 30 second, three step version, which is that I started uh, as I started in this business as an actor, not as a voice actor, but as a stage actor. Um, Shakespeare actually being one of my great loves, and wound up doing a lot of regional theater, uh, as well as some film and TV, as well as local theater, and did a, a nice mix of classical and new plays. But really, the theater was and always will be my first love. And from there, um, directly from there, actually, if you I'm not sure if you know the um, narrator Jonathan Davis, who's um, quite famous for a lot of things, including Star Wars. But Jonathan mm-hmm. and I did a production of Taming of the Shrew together in Georgia. And mm-hmm. while we were doing that, Jonathan said that he thought I had the right voice for this thing he did called audiobooks, which I'd never heard of. I didn't know what they were. It was also 20 years ago. So this was a very different time in the industry where it was pretty niche and where not everybody knew quite what that was. They were also called books on tape at the time. So um, Jonathan graciously offered for me to submit an audition to his company, which no longer exists, unfortunately, but it was actually a not-for-profit company. It was called Talking Books. It was the National Library Service for the Blind. Mm. And um, I worked I worked in the nonprofit sector recording books for the blind for many years before I actually did a commercial book and before my career really opened up. But I went from books on tape to books on CD to downloadable content, going from studios to then the home studios. And I've been in the position to sort of ride the wave of all of the ways that the industry has changed. And then somewhere in there, I started writing, wrote a book series, was published um, when Mm -hmm. I was actually moved to Denver for a bit of time, was writing there started writing there and have continued ever since. And then we'll talk, Emily and I can talk a little bit more about how we got together yeah. um, to, to work at that. But that's that's the basics of how I am and that I feel like I've gotten to evolve along with this industry, both in terms of my craft and in terms of the business itself, which has been a real privilege. Emily? Hey, okay. Match, match that Emily Roseller. I know, Just, I know right? God damn it.
0: <laughs> this is one of the best things about our relationship actually. It's like, okay, gauntlet throne. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Um, okay, well, so I started first as a dancer and singer, um, and musician. And so my beginnings in theater were, were largely musical theater based um, because I had the other two skills and sort of, you know, theater happens when you're when you're doing the other two things every now and then. So I'd kind of like dabbled in it, dabbled in it, dabbled in it, but mostly was focusing on doing dance and um, and, and singing. Um, and then I after college, uh, moved to Hong Kong and I was, my mother's family is from there and my sister was living there at the time. Um, So I lived with her and said, I don't know, I'll figure it out. Um, Got a job teaching dance and eventually from there was able to uh, find another job through the acting and performing community of, of, of immigrants there. And I like to call them immigrants, not expats. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, who, so I got a job or got an audition and then got the job uh, dubbing anime. And so that was my first real voiceover gig. I had done a few things, you know, for shows. They want somebody on the God mic or they want a recording of something over whatever, right? So I wasn't unfamiliar with recording, but I hadn't specifically done voiceover, voiceover. And this was six days a week, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., Ooh. Um, yeah, but, but a lot of the time was spent kind of in the break room, you know, we got called into mm-hmm. scenes as they came up. Oh. It's kind of crazy. We did four episodes a day. Ooh. Um, wow. yeah, yeah. It was really like turn them out. Um, and it was kind of a golden age of dubbing. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's easy for me to say that cause I was involved, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I actually feel like we did a good job. And, and with my colleagues that I spoke to who had been there before and who stayed after I left, they said, oh yeah, no, it just, it really started to fall apart. Um, Mm. for, for various reasons, it wasn't just because, because my dumbass was there. It was (laughs) a lot of (laughs) other things that were, that were contributing to that Mm. anyway. So I, when I came back to the States, I was like, oh, you know, this thing that I never thought that I could actually do. I mean, i as a kid right one sang along with all the disney songs and was like i sound just mm-hmm. like ariel i want to do her i want to be her right yeah. um <laughs> so but then it was like oh my god no i really i really love this and i and mm-hmm. i'm i'm like decent at it so i want to keep doing it um and then found a uh, an audition for for bbc audiobooks america which is what they were called at the time um in Rhode Island, which is where I landed when I came back to the States for a little bit. And um, that was the beginning. So that was 2009, that's when I started. And it wasn't quite books on tape. It wasn't quite (laughs) Library of Congress. Um, (laughs) But it was, we got a physical manuscript in the mail. Mm. Um, So it was paper and it was going to CDs for sure. Um, I think by then we were all doing punch and roll though. There wasn't like actual
2: tape that you recorded on or anything. Um, yeah. So yeah, M, was- do you remember all that paper we, we did use to get I scripts do. in the mail and it was like, that. that's how they, and, and you would literally, so you, if you can imagine Viviana, it was like a, like a 500 page manuscript that you received. Yeah. Yeah. In the mail. Sometimes, sometimes it was the book itself, but usually it was like a printed off version. Right. right. Um, and it was yeah the pre the pre ipad days now now we generally all use our our ipads but but at the time it was it, and I miss it, but also I'm thrilled we're not wasting paper like that, and it's right like, <laughs> terribly inconvenient to be like wandering around New York with like, what if you had two five hundred page scripts in your bag? you know <laughs> yeah. oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some technology has really gotten us to a point where we're a little bit lighter. Um, But um, I will say that um, it's taken me a long time to look into doing that whole like highlighting and making those notes. Like it's not the same when you're doing it on like on the side margin, like when you're doing it. Not that I write on books, people. Okay. Calm down.
2: (laughs) I know. I know. It's not the same. It's not the same
1: yeah no but the there's a lot of apps nowadays that kind of give you that illusion still writing on paper so i'm like okay this is okay but yeah again i started both (laughs) generations you know so right there but yeah no i remember the, the books on tape as, as a child and, uh, mm-hmm. and then the CDs. And then when I started mm-hmm. blogging, we would get the, the c- CDs and we would have right. to change them. We're like nine or 10 discs, depending right. on the story. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Oh man, what, what track were we on? <laughs> 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 now we just have to make sure we download before we get to the car. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you two powerhouses get together to create Love Bite's originals, mm-hmm. tell us how that came about and what exactly Love Bite Originals is.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we both kind of came to it on our own, and then we had um, Tanya Eb this probably have had her on your
1: podcast yeah well, I know yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah another yeah. little narrator there yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> another, another powerhouse, another powerhouse. Yeah. exactly
0: Ooh, she she her. connected us because we had both independently talked to her about our ideas and she was like you know you two should probably talk to each other mm-hmm. um and the way that I, i'll let gabra talk about how she came to it but the way i did was um one of my best friends from college was uh, it's it's kind of a kind of a rough story actually. She she took her own life um, pretty young. She was still in her twenties, and um, something that I, she was she was Taiwanese American, um, and something that I so she and I had I, I went to UC Berkeley. Sorry, this story is I should have the elevator pitch for this, but I don't, <laughs> um, and it's because it's it's so. Uh, it's still it it's still pretty emotional for me um that's right it's a deep story that's why we yeah don't have it's it a deep story yeah. right so um i went to UC berkeley which is a very sexual sex positive kind of place um and i fully embraced that and really loved that about my college experience um, and my friend her name was betty um was also was also embraced that even though she was less in the arts side of things and was more in the the math and sciences side of things. Um, Long story short, she would, she wanted to, she talked about porn, porn in, in both a, uh, a celebratory way and also a really um, troubling way. Right. Mm -hmm. And she and I had talked about how I was just getting into books, right, at the time. And I was like, you know, romance, romance, that's what's up. Like, that's where, that's where there's so much money in romance. And like, you don't have to watch a human being. You get to listen or read about a human being. And so there's, a, there's something left to the imagination. There's a layer of remove. I mean, I don't need to, I'm preaching to the choir here, right? Like, mm-hmm.
2: absolutely. there's,
0: um, there's just, uh, there's something m- more exciting for, for me about being able to read or listen something to something rather than having to watch a video and then thinking about those humans who are involved in that, like, how willingly are they there? there? Uh, is that real? Uh, you know, all that stuff. That doesn't have to happen when I'm listening to a story or reading a story. And I was just, it was actually at her funeral. (laughs) I was like, Betty would have loved if we had stories that were, that featured queerness and that featured non-white people and that were short instead of having to commit to like a, you know, eight hour novel because she she wasn't an avid reader, right? Mm -hmm. She wasn't somebody who just naturally gravitated towards books. So toward books. So yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. And then the audiobook career took off and I didn't have time. But it was always something that I wanted to do. I even like bought websites and was like, I'm gonna do this someday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this someday. And I like happened to talk, I was working through like an app idea and I talked to Tanya about it one night at a dinner that we happened to be at. And then like a year later, I get this email from Gabra. So I'll let Gabra pick up. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's a, that's a great lead in. And I, I don't know. I don't know M that that story should ever be smoothly told. It's not a smoothly <laughs> told, it's a beautiful story, but I don't think it should be like an elevator pitch. You know what I mean? Know. Cause I yeah. think like yeah. every time I hear you talk about her and, and it was for, would you mind just before I go, just saying where love bites originals come? Cause it was actually named for her really. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us.
0: Yeah. Well, so my, the, the site that I originally wanted and the, the app that at the time I wanted to develop for her, was called Betty's Love Bites. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we mm-hmm. took the Love Bites part of it and turned it into Love Bites originals.
2: But yeah. they're very much, they're Betty's Love Bites, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. I mean, like that's the, that's yeah. the, the origin of the name of this, um, yeah. of this company. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I myself to take this in a totally other direction and, you know, especially because this, is at 100% a labor of love, which is why it might seem strange for me to reveal that I came up with the idea for our first series, Nice and Naughty, um, by saying, I know how I'm going to make my millions. <laughs> so <laughs> these, yeah, these two things don't usually connect. They, they have in this moment, but my idea was, I know how I'm getting, I like. I actually think it came from a, there's this beautiful uh ooh, let me remember the name. I can't remember it. The, New York used to, I'm not sure if there's they still do, they they used to offer these free um classes, not single classes, but term level classes for entrepreneurs. And it was if you had an idea and you wanted to get it off the ground. And I started, I got into this um group and started planning out ideas. And I didn't have an idea. A lot of people came in and said, like, I want to do a brick and mortar store, or I want to do a website, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. I just came in saying, I know that I want to create something, and I'm not sure what. And I had a eureka moment in the middle of that training, of which I only half completed it because my father passed away, and I wound up having to leave the training. But halfway through, I had this eureka moment. And Emily, I don't know if I've ever shown you this, but I had this eureka moment where I drew what I thought the website would look like of this idea of these kind of choose your own adventure short stories where you could have different teams of writers writing different stories and that you could just choose and say like, I wanna follow this character or I wanna follow this character. It was my idea of where I thought audio would be going. And out of that came this idea for a romance specific version of that, nice and naughty, where you get to choose, do you wanna just listen to the romance or do you wanna listen to the erotica? What are you in the mood for? Would it be possible to string a story that goes through all of them so that you could listen to them separately? You could listen to them at the same time. I started writing stuff and I'm not sure where I was in the process when I reached out to Tanya Eby about it, right? Tanya being the connector here to say like, what do you think about this material? Where does this go? What where's the? And she connected me with Emily because she had spoken to her and like had a sense of what Emily was creating. But Not only was I trying to create this kind of wonderful choose your own adventure-like scape of, of nice and naughty stories, but in addition, I live in Queens. I love Queens. Queens is the most diverse urban area in the world. And I wanted to write the world as I see it, which is that when I walk down the streets of Queens, everyone's speaking a different language. Everyone is from a different background you know, it's the most delicious patchwork of backgrounds and languages and sexual preferences and, 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 and. And I very much wanted to write that. And it was at a time in the world in which I was really saying like, as a white writer and as a white, you know, cisgendered, mostly straight identifying writer, am I allowed to write stories that encompass a larger world? And The answer was, I don't know if I'm allowed to, but it's the world I see and it's the world I want to write so badly. And so I had started sort of trying to make sure that in these nice and naughty stories, that it was a wide diversity of both backgrounds of characters, of sexual preferences of, and I was like sort of like trying to plant the seeds of this being a community that could then build out into, again, as the initial vision was, teams of writers taking like certain tracks and writing them. And make it a real like choose your own adventure and make it a real community project. And that's when like I meet with Emily, who's all about like a about community, short form romance and erotica and also diversity of background, of um, of sexual preference, of identity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it turned out that we were right in line with each other. And 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 both, I think, have continued to amplify each other's desires to put this material out into the world and to have it have a lot of like humor too right so it's like we talk about heart heat and humor all the time it's like got a lot of heart it's also sexy it's got a lot of like and we also both like emily and i both love cooking and it turns out that the (laughs) one of the lead characters of this is nana everything's happening after nana has passed away but a lot of her spirit and energy is in these stories of these of her granddaughters and their like adopted brother who's they're all huge parts of the stories and there's baking is part of all the stories. And so we then uh, asked a friend of mine who's a baker, one of my best friends, to write recipes for us in Nana's voice that became part of this as well. So then suddenly it became a romance, an erotica, and in the center, a recipe, oftentimes an erotic recipe, <laughs> something to bake, you know? So like this yeah. then became like some like this kind of like huge community effort of like putting out all this kind of energy into the world in a technicolor way.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And our hope is that uh, our, our plan is to just keep diving into this world. Right. So Mm -hmm. as the seasons go on, um, you know, ideally, eventually each of the characters will carry their own season. Right. So you can like somebody who like showed up just on a one liner from season one or season two will eventually carry their own, you'll just get a glimpse into their life in another season. And because right. it's, it's pulling from such a rich source, it, the possibilities are really endless. Um, mm-hmm. And we like that where it can be both diverse and with contained within this world um, mm-hmm. at the same time. And it can just be yeah, an enormous. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's right. That's, and we already, where have we're going. Up,
2: we already <laughs> have set up. So in, in beginning that, um, We feel like we already have a a community in terms of our voice artists, in terms of our illustrator, the person who created original music for us, our friend who is helping us remarkably do a lot of the marketing and social media, and uh, another friend who did the website, another friend writing the recipes, and then our friend Ronnie Butler, who voiced the character of Shorty, is now writing Shorty's track in season three, which of course we've not yet together and has not come out yet we've now just done seasons one and two but again Mm -hmm. we're beginning on this on this um goal that we both had to have this be a real community effort that we have different writers we know and love and even people we don't know who we just met or whose work we're enamored of to come in and write with us as well
0: yeah which is it's it's been extremely fulfilling because in in one of the original um saw uh, Versions of what I had thought that this would be, it was you know just kind of turning existing uh, writers of erotic content into audio right which mm-hmm. it which in and of itself is is for short stories mm-hmm. but to to be able to collaborate at the writing level is really really nice um, but that said like we 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 are starting here and and intending mm-hmm. tending to grow like we've we like gabra just said we're bringing in ronnie right we're working for season three we are open so if you know if there are people who are interested in writing short stories and just having them produce like they don't mm-hmm. have to even exist within the nice and naughty world no nope. like we are interested in producing these types of stories so if, that's right if, we were happy to receive submissions if anybody was interested in just having somebody help help them produce their short story audio um if it's in line with our mission then we're totally down so that's right
1: yeah that's great i i know that um that was one gonna be one of my questions is that usually we're used to having things be in a box set or a collection <laughs> 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 and then you guys busted out with seasons and episodes and <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i right. So how did that come about as far as that, you know, figuring out that format for these? Because, I mean, I know they're short stories, but some of them Mm -hmm. range from like 45 minutes to like an hour and something. And then Mm -hmm. how do you guys decide that?
0: Well, I think that came from Gabra, correct me if I'm wrong, but Mm -hmm. when she had written, my understanding was you had written, um, thinking you had submitted something to audible right it was like, mm-hmm, i don't mm-hmm. it might even have been this series that yes, you submitted yes 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 you're right it, that was, it, it
2: was the first two i think it was the first two episodes actually yeah <laughs>
0: yeah because yeah. audible yeah. does produce they they also produce some things and so she mm-hmm. had submitted to to them thinking that you know it, with the I toward potentially it could be turned into a TV series, right? And so mm-hmm. then that changes that turns it into seasons and, and, and makes it into episodes.
2: Yeah, um, I think I think also, you know, again, I do this all the time when I'm like, aha, this is my million-dollar idea. And this I think <laughs> is my million-dollar idea. But I but I also thought to myself, I'm gonna stop doing you're gonna love this, Emily. I don't know if I've voiced this to you yet, but I also thought I'm I know the difference between writing stuff that I love and writing stuff that's just for money. And with this, I'm gonna make this as conventional as possible. Like initially like Nice and Naughty was meant to be written all around Christmas, you know, and like Christmas themed. And I was like, I'm gonna write it as conventionally American as possible. I'm gonna make it like middle America. I'm gonna make it small town um, and I'm gonna make it as conventional as possible. And whenever I utter words like that, immediately it turns out to be like the strangest, weirdest, most wonderful <laughs> opposite of that as possible. It's, I, don't, I don't have the ability to do that. Whatever conventional is, it's mm-hmm. never worked for me. And I've tried it so many times, even in my own life, whenever I say that's it, and I did. I'm done with New York and I'm going to move to Denver and live a normal life. It's going to be normal and it's going to be conventional. It's going to look like everyone else's life. And it just became weirder from that moment. It's like a it's like i have like an anti potion or something so so there was something about this project that it was like it's going to be as conventional as possible and just from the word go it was like as unconventional as, as possible did i ever articulate that to you emily that the goal was no like, <laughs> the goal was like convention and small town and well America? actually yeah, yeah yeah because we had
0: cuz i remember when we when we first looked at the copy and i was i was yeah. looking it over and i was like this is so fucking funny and so sweet and fun <laughs> I'm like, but can we like add more clearness and can we add more color? And yes, that's we right. should start. We should start with it being kind of conventional and then do kind of a bait and switch. Like, sure, why not? That's, that's right. like, yeah. So that's
2: exa- That's exactly right. That Emily really pushed this in the direction that I wanted to go with it anyway. And but I, I laugh. Like I told. I told, uh, I remember telling a friend of mine like, I decided to write this small town series of romances. This was before we were working together. And, and um, mm-hmm. it was Allison Johnson, another brilliant, brilliant oh, yeah, yeah. narrator. And uh, and Allison was like, oh great. Well, where have you said it? And I was like, well, I've said it in Queens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> she <said,
2: laughs> she's like, Gabra that's not small town. And I said, it, it kind of is small town. If you think about New York city, like Queens is made up of all these little neighborhoods and it's, it's my version of small town. And, and Allison was like, "Gabber, that's not small town. I mean, it was, it was a fabulous conversation. It, I, remember I can imagine.
1: It. And she, oh, yeah. and I can imagine Gabra being so passionate. I'm like, listen, it is a small town it's a small community and everybody else is like, no, you know, we love you. Right. But
2: um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so like Allison's one of those people who takes no shit from anyone and just like doesn't <laughs> do like bullshit. And she was like, it doesn't matter what you say to me. It's not small town if you're talking about Queens. <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. It would yeah. be an interesting pitch though, you know, as far as right? uh, how you would think of it, because, you know, a lot of times when people, you know, hear, oh, I live in New York or I live in like Miami, or Orlando, no one stops right. to think that they're these subdivision cities, you
2: mm-hmm. know, and
1: some of them are like small towns. a huge city metropolis kind of a thing and we actually have a few of those here in Orlando um and it's amazing yeah Yeah, it's almost like um Lorelei's little small town you know the Gilmore girls where they have a middle you know
0: and everything
1: and I'm like but you're in Orlando and I go yeah but (laughs) Uh uh-huh small town yeah, that's right that's that's right and I got we actually, you girl found, I got you that's right, right and
2: we actually have them um we have the actual hometown so they're all living in Queens but we have the hometown of this family mm-hmm. as the North Fork out out on Long Island mm-hmm. which actually is like a series of of small towns and like an old farming community
1: mm-hmm. so
2: we did use a little bit of like local but still like it's not you know i agree with allison allison is always right and was indeed right like it's not small town but it is how no, we think of it yeah it is it is my version of small i mean mm-hmm. for me it's small town or it's my version of small town it's
1: ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> as we always say vision is everything <laughs> right, right, right. 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 yeah and i also love that it has um Um, And I know you kind of answered a little bit as far as the baking. Usually sometimes Mm -hmm. people will do stuff like, like at a family restaurant and things like that. But there's just a lot of things that when it comes down to baking that can be sensual Mm -hmm. and, and sexy. And at the same time, oh, so innocent depending on who's talking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Not in my case. (laughs) 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 And yeah. And also the fact that you have like, a grandma, because <laughs> you know th- yep. they're not human beings; they're just grandma. They have no past. Uh, <laughs> but you've That's done right. something really cool about it: is provided some information about grandma and grandma's past, nana's. So, That's right. right. And grandma's
2: grandma's that nana. Nana's the sexiest of of all of them. I mean, like a lot of the the recipes are erotic. It turns out that Nana's past, a lot of which, more of which, is divulged in um in season, season two, two, was yeah. quite quite romantic and quite boundary pushing you know Mm -hmm. um so that's been a you know I've always been I know that Emily and I both share a real passion for romantic stories for people of all ages as well for Mm -hmm. age diversity as well and so the idea that like someone who is an older right who is usually looked at as just grandma or that older lady actually has this (laughs) Very sensual past and that and is sensual up until she she's an older woman as well as an older woman she's writing sensually when she passes these recipes off you know but that that mm-hmm. doesn't go away that's not like something that's lost because she's whatever age she is you
1: know mm-hmm.
2: yeah and so sorry
1: no go ahead
0: um i mean so the rom- the romance industry is historically a woman centered uh, mm-hmm. what would, what is it called that, um, not genre genre yeah I guess yeah yeah, romance uh, yeah, a genre, yeah 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 and th- that's something to be celebrated right mm-hmm. and it's not it doesn't mean that it's excluding men certainly not I mean we have Ronnie Butler right who's going to be <laughs> right, pen- penning the next the next season but um, the, there, it's not something to be ashamed of to shy away from right it's something to be embraced and 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 to fully embrace that means to acknowledge that if you do have children, it doesn't mean that you've fallen off the face of the earth and you Mm -hmm. lose all sexiness. If you Mm -hmm. didn't have children, if you didn't get married, that all of a sudden after you turned 30 or 40 or 50, that you've disappeared off of the place of the (laughs) the earth. There's just a real worshiping that even women we do to ourselves, where we believe that the height of our power and our sex is in our twenties or even teenagers, which is awful, but it's the truth, right? That's that's what America idolizes is is, is. and it's a beautiful thing an important thing actually to embrace sex and our sexual lives and selves and our full selves beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's yeah, like Gabriel was saying. That's a, that's another aspect of diversity that we're really that we're really championing.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of us are now starting to ask for like, can we have a heroine in our late thirties, early forties, mid forties, 40s, mm-hmm. or late forties, fifties? Because you know we're still mm-hmm. here, <laughs> 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 right? Right? We not stop existing at twenty-five. Um, <laughs> and as right. and, and, and in
0: yeah. fact, there's okay, sure. Some things are sagging a little more than they were before, whatever, (laughs) right? Like now Mm. we have a better sense of who we are and what we Mm. like and what we want. And we're not, we're less afraid to ask for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that makes for very interesting dynamics when you're in between the sheets. So,
2: yeah.
1: But also the, 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 we tend to have as women, you know, you become, you're no longer the individual. Now you're the wife the mother the grandmother and even when it comes down to introduction it's not you know like hi this is the ceo of blah blah blah, blah, blah and my wife so and so no it's this is my uh-huh. wife blah, blah 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 you know mm-hmm. and i'm like uh-huh. mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. no i <laughs> sorry uh <laughs> i cut that quickly uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yep. It's, yep. it's something that as much as i am proud of you know, women being anything, the mom, the wife, the 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 daughter, the granddaughter, the kid or whatever, we're more than that title and we were something before we got that title and yeah. we're still something during it and then even afterwards, you know, the widower. Mm-hmm. You know, or something yeah, like they're right. right. You know, single right. parent. I'm like, no, dude, I'm, I'm, I still like sex, and mm-hmm, I'm right. still a woman, and I still want some, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go get some, and this That's is right. how I'm gonna do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's also, it's also so interesting to me if you look at like, um, a lot of times, if I'm not mistaken, if you look at who is writing romance often and who's in, in engaging in a lot of our storytelling, if we're looking at the women who are doing it they're older. Yes. They're, 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 uh, they're, they majority 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, writing older, yeah. these brilliant stories that, that encompass women oftentimes of all ages, but oftentimes it's younger women who, who, you know, cause that's what the, the genre sort of has called for up until now. But regardless, if we think about who's writing them, we think about that imagination and we think about that, that, then it's like, but if that's, who's writing it, well, that obviously we know that those feelings and those desires and those ways of, being haven't gone away that's who's writing the stories Mm -hmm. you know it's not like someone who's like I have nothing I have nothing left I've disappeared no it's like Mm -hmm. I'm writing this story these fascinating beautiful remarkable rich romantic stories you Mm -hmm. know that's who's writing them so yeah
1: I I just think that because of society having the definition of what sexy and beautiful is kind of stops Mm -hmm. in that range of like 25 Unfortunately.
2: I know. Well, but, and especially here. I mean, I think that that's like, it's not just here. It's, it's the Western world for sure. Yeah. But, but it's more here. It's like, it's like more, more, more in America for whatever reason. Do mm-hmm. we, um, do we really look upon women as sort of being like dying on the vine from like <laughs> 28 yeah, on? And, you know, <laughs> well, it's some, some, another
0: aspect of this is that <clears throat> the way that older men are, older <sighs> older men i'm talking about you I mean the about sexy it, gray men. fox <laughs> right right right. so like yeah. how how possible it is for us to just shift our perspective mm-hmm. and to see something physical uh gray hair silver hair as beautiful mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of something that's to be shun. i mean yeah. like mm-hmm. we we just yeah, as humans and culture and and different cultures over over time we do it anyway right mm-hmm. Um, having pubic hair, not having pubic hair. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. its anyone's tr- it's like, just yep. because somebody a group of people decided, you know what, this is what's going to be cool right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, so th- first of all, that. And then secondarily, often the thing that is sexy about older men is power.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. And so yes. when yes. you look
0: at older women and you can see the power that they have, when you bring to light the power that they already have, we don't have to give them more power. They already have it, right? So it's mm-hmm. just about shining a light on it and acknowledging it it, yeah acknowledging it right that Mm -hmm. you can that also can be sexy Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Um, and that the scars that we wear whether it's a c-section or the stretch marks mm -hmm. or anything Mm -hmm. like that are scars Mm -hmm. of strength and beauty Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's gonna happen like it or not
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) know, just like i mean
1: i had a friend at 16 a, a guy friend that at 16 was already going gray so, I mean, it yeah, happens to yeah. everybody. I mean, things just happen. Um, right. I, I will say that there's been um, some talk over like on TikTok, and there's this one woman who is older, but damn, she's fine and sexy. And I'm like, I wish I looked like <laughs> that now.
0: And I'm like, you
1: strutted girl. You, I wish I yeah. could wear that, you know, or even some of mm-hmm. the girls that are a little, you know, they're, they're not your typical size 10, but they're curvy Mm -hmm. and they're vivacious Mm -hmm. and they're confident and they don't give a flying fuck. If it's a crop top or not, it's just that empowerment. I'm like, can you bottle some of that confidence up for me, please? Mm -hmm. You know, start selling it. And, but I think it comes from other women really supporting it and being part of Mm -hmm. that group and community that of uh, mm-hmm. support and acceptance and things like that. That's also the other thing to what I love about Love Bites. It's that you know promoting and celebrating sex positivity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Regardless Absolutely. of what that looks like for the individual. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because the romance mm-hmm. genre is very looked at as quote unquote mommy porn. Yeah. Right. 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 right you know and then also there's those blur lines of respect and things like that and and you know erotica, erotica tends to get a really bad rap on you know it's like that's not real literature you know same thing with romance right. but erotica specifically right. it's like that's just like sex with words and i'm like yes but it can right. still be nicely done thank you very much <laughs> that's right right <laughs> that's right. right and
0: that and that the 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 criticism of being a, of it being sex with words is like okay well and i I have a career, a a good standing in in sci-fi and fantasy, Mm -hmm. Um, and I love it. I I really love it as a genre um, or broad genre, Mm. but that's just, okay, so it's fighting with words. Okay, Mm -hmm. so it's space Mm. exploration with words. Mm. Okay, Mm. so it's political Mm -hmm. intrigue with words. Mm. sex with words is just like anything else Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't make it any less legitimate because it happens to deal with something that christian ideology decided was a bad thing a long time ago right like
1: Mm -hmm. so tabooness and stuff like that but again it's Mm -hmm. just you know there's different type of you know, the, the sex work industry, you know, and, you know, oh, the, yeah, it's, you know, how we do things and the only the mm. clubs are not, you know, the websites are having issues with that now. And I'm like, dude, you narrators are providing something to the listeners as well. And I've had some people say, but isn't that like, sex like and they go yes there are some of them are in the erotica genre and they're narrating these books and but they're not doing everything it's still left to the imagination which is fabulous Mm -hmm. um and it's just you know it's about respecting the person behind the mic just respecting the author that's writing the story you know and providing us Mm -hmm. these things so it's a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. So I love that you guys have that as part of the blurb <laughs> in <Yeah>. the books. <laughs> it's like one of just in case y'all forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remind you again um, that it is about that, but it's also, you mean, know, again, the short bites, it's also what I love too, because sometimes those Eight-hour books, I love them. I really do. Kristen Ashley is one of my favorites. That woman writes mm. twenty-four hours
2: mm-hmm. story time and
1: everything, and it's great. But sometimes I just want something short and mm-hmm. sweet yeah. and qu- like yep. a quickie. I just literally want to yes,
0: <laughs> right, exactly. You <laughs> want to go thumbnail. That. You don't
2: want to have yeah. to like do
0: the whole hour movie. Yeah, yeah we got to yeah. put
1: that. We got to put that on our <laughs>
2: site more, Emily. We got to. I just I love. I'm gonna quote you, Viviana if you yeah mind. <laughs> no, by all sometimes, means. <laughs> sometimes I just want something that's like a quickie. I feel like we gotta put that on our website. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: agree. I agree. I agree.
1: <laughs> well, it's the truth, you know, it's that moment of you know instant gratification, and sometimes yeah. you're you're having a bad day, mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. or a bad week or a couple of months or whatever. um, mm-hmm. and you just want to feel good and the the humor that you guys have in these stories and the camaraderie that's happening, and you're like, yeah, that's possible. And, mm-hmm. and then again, the romance and then the steaminess is like, yes, goals. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I know, Gabrielle, you've done some of the writing. You said that uh, Ron Butler is mm-hmm. doing some of the stuff in season three. How do you guys go about selecting the authors? And Emily, are you also writing? I am not writing. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: she, she's like, am... mm, no. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but Emily, Emily has very much been the... The I, I don't know that the editor is not uh, the f- a full enough term. Like we have co-created this world and, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and Emily yeah. is We've the collaborated reason why a lot. we have. And, there, and so I have written, thus far I have written the majority of the work to sort of set up the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and Emily has guided all of that, meaning she reads it, she's editing it, she's suggesting ideas. We're bouncing things off each other, so this is a co-created world. This is mm-hmm. a collaborated, co-created world in which I, up to this point, have done most of the writing. Now, again, my friend Rachel Fowler has written all of the recipes thus far. Um, I think separately, we're going to put together a book of just Nana's recipes because they're I was all so suggest good. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <That's laughs> so awesome. We have to get Rachel to like do all of them and take and take
1: pictures and do it like uh-huh. a like a, a really a proper. Oh my food. goodness! Yes, pictures in yeah. in culinary books must have. You have to have pictures, yeah. otherwise, I'm not buying it. But we'll have what we'll have people- like we have to
2: have like a group of people like dressed in like like aprons with nothing else underneath them uh-huh, presenting the uh-huh. dishes.
0: You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Now this this might be crazy, but this okay. So this isn't a little window into how Gabra and I work. We're just like, yeah. oh yeah, what if we what if we did this? Because <laughs> when you just said that, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we had from our Patreon followers or our just our our listeners, people from the newsletter, and they were like if you want to make this at home and if you are able to take a really nice picture of what you did and you want to submit that, maybe we'll just use, we'll just draw from the community, right? It's like, cool. You made this thing and we can.
2: No, it's a a fantastic idea. We should absolutely do that. Although I was just envisioning, I was like, we I know that he would, I know that Roddy Butler would put on like a long apron <laughs> with nothing else underneath it and cook something amazing. <laughs> I oh, absolutely. absolutely and, and just as I a want key
1: that picture, side angle. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just showing us that there's nothing with the with whatever the dish is right at a hip level. So there's really nothing. Uh-huh. Known, but uh-huh. again, imagination.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's happening. So yeah, so, that, so that's one of the Great. part it's been me writing the majority, Rachel doing all of the recipes um, and, and Emily doing all of the co-creating and editing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, then moving forward, we've got Ronnie working on the next season and then Emily and I have to plan like our next couple of seasons who's writing, who's writing what. Nice. Yeah,
0: but we, we really wanna draw yeah. from the, um, again, anybody who wanted to submit um and you know authors that we know um that's who whose work we've worked we've enjoyed before um right so yeah
1: yeah. because you also guys have a patreon going tell us about Mm -hmm, that and how that came about because I know that's kind of, it's kind of getting popular now people doing pay, I mean Patreon originally came up with this whole concept of mm-hmm. for creators and usually people think like arts and artists as far as painters and mm-hmm. you know sculptures mm-hmm. and things like that and now the writing community is kind of moving into that space mm-hmm. for different mm-hmm. reasons I think it would be kind of cool if you guys got your top tier to kind of give you some story ideas
2: yeah yeah and yeah. have we it be try- like co-
1: you know co-written mm-hmm. by them yeah.
2: We did there's a great idea we did have someone who um, who reached out em can we discuss what her what her idea was that was like written into that we had an idea right before I did the final edits on season two that was put into season two
0: yeah and I think the reason that um, she suggested it mm-hmm. was because it is in one of our tiers where we are open to like you can offer mm-hmm. suggestions for like mm-hmm. things that you want to see and we can. Either highlight them or Easter egg them. Mm-hmm, um, uh-huh. In this case, I think it was kind of a kind of an in-between. It's a it's a yes. it's a definite character. It's neither an, an <laughs> Easter egg nor a main character, but right. definitely somebody prominent.
2: That's um, right. That's right. Yeah. So the, the suggestion was, if I'm not mistaken, the suggestion from someone who's just a wonderful listener and a wonderful fan. Pardon me. <clears throat> the suggestion was that she felt that there was not um a whole lot of um correct me if I'm wrong about this and that she felt that there was not a whole lot of um uh trans female with cisgendered female lesbian romance and she was wondering if we could perhaps write that that was her idea and as it happened I had already written something and I was again just going through editing Um, I had already written, and uh, this is a a character that everyone loves. It's the character of Sam uh, voiced by Amy Landon, brilliant, brilliant voice artist and Mm -hmm. friend um, that she's uh, she's actually undercover. She's an undercover agent. And she's like on the hunt for um, this woman who was her handler, who's been kidnapped. And I had written a scene that happens between her and um, an agent she meets who at the time was a lesbian, was a cisgendered lesbian as well. And when I got the suggestion, I switched that character to being, um, to being a, a trans woman as opposed to uh, a lesbian character. And then they still have the same scene together. So it was, it will be fleshed out. Again, hopefully that would be like a character line that would be fleshed out by a trans female writer um, to, to do yeah. like a whole track there. But I wanted to lay the groundwork for that so that that story could begin because I loved the suggestion and because it lent itself to something that was already in play.
1: Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Again, all about inclusivity and being able to see mm-hmm. yourself in these romance stories is always great mm-hmm. you know That's right like i like it when i'm like oh look she's a size 14 plus yay <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I, know. I know, exactly right. you know or oh my goodness she's latina but she doesn't have an accent yay <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine when they do some of the you know the things like a Latina then all of a sudden it has like that Mexican accent and I'm like first of all not all of us are Mexican thank you <laughs> <laughs> and second of us yes I know I have some form of an accent you can't figure out what it is uh mm. but it's, it's you're not going to automatically go ah it's Latina you know uh-huh. and it's just those things where I love it when you have that you can kind of see yourself a little bit in these characters That's right. that's always Mm -hmm. cool. So thank you for that too.
2: Yeah, no, that's what I always love that too. Again, like that's the Queens thing that like, I love when I'm walking through Queens and like, I'm hearing different accents. I'm seeing different people. Some people have accents. Some people don't. Some people are speaking different languages. Some people don't. It's such a wonderful, delicious, Mm -hmm. like it's the way, uh, it's the way I always thought the world should be and was. But Mm -hmm. um, I'd never lived in a place where I felt really that way authentically, you know, and and we did want people also to um, part of our goal is to have content that's written in other languages for people who just speak those languages, as well as people writing in other languages for an English ear to just hear the other languages and not quite know what's going on, but know enough to understand what's going on, like a romance between two people where one person speaking English and one person speaking Spanish, for example, and to just like have like an English, ear listening to that and be like, I get what's going on. You know what I mean? I think you're going to get what's going on and it's just gonna be cool to hear that, that to hear it. It's the way I think a lot of us, if we're living in areas um, that have that kind of diversity, it's the way we walk through the world. We hear Mm -hmm. half of, sometimes we hear half conversations and it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to... Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's actually,
0: it that is the heart of what the American dream is, mm-hmm. right? That's theoretically mm-hmm. what the country was supposed to be founded on, yeah. is this idea of true freedom and true uh, global, a, a global environment, right? Where, where it doesn't matter where you came from. What mm-hmm. What matters is you know, who are you as a human being and can you come to a place and, and live a better life because you're not constrained by whatever, you know? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So thank you so much for giving us that glimpse into what we could actually strive to be better at, you know, <laughs> as, as, as human beings, as a community, as a, a world, and, um, and also to know that it, it's possible you know, that we can get there and be there. And some of us are close to it um, or have a good community around us that are acceptance. Yeah. And if not, we're over here, come over. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Awesome. Yeah. Emily. yeah, Emily and Gabriel, before we go, can you tell us what's currently going on next for, or you know, the Love Bites Originals? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, well,
2: go ahead, Em, you take, you take it and then I'll take it. Okay, great uh yep so
0: as we've mentioned before we're working on season three and probably going to start the the very very baby beginnings of of the season after that season
2: four right and and I'll Mm -hmm. let Gabra talk about the yes and we're working on and I've got I've got a new season coming up is that what you're talking about or is there is yeah a a new series (laughs) I've got a whole I've got a whole new series that um that I'm just about to send Emily the the full, she's read about half of it. I'm about to send her the the first draft of it. But unsurprisingly, it is similarly written. It's written episodically. It takes place in Queens. It's very diverse. It's small town, with, right? That's a small town. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's filled with, with heart exactly. and heat and humor. And I was trying to, I was trying to figure out, I did a bunch of research on like, where are all these girls? There's like this girl gang from Queens and like, what school did they go to? And so I was researching because they're all a little older also. They're all in their forties. And so I was researching like, okay, so like 30 years ago, where would they all have gone to? Which PS would it be? So like, they talk about like being from like PS 122, but I do a bunch of local Queens research to figure out what school they would have gone to. (laughs) Anyway, but that's what's coming up next. We've got more series coming up, uh, more seasons of Nice and Naughty and another series and uh, hopefully a lots more work with other writers doing different stuff as well.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you again for creating this space where again, such a diverse and creative group can exist and we can hang out and get to know each other. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having us on your podcast. This is so lovely.
2: Oh, it is our you. pleasure. It was such a wonderful, wonderful time to get to talk to you about this. And thank you for being again, so welcoming and so warm. and. yeah
1: Nothing you're awesome oh, thank you um, we are going to be including all the links to both the ladies uh, individually as well as the Love Bites uh, community and the, their website so you guys can follow them if you guys are not already because you should um, and <laughs> <laughs> and until next time you know, happy listening
2: thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast Patreon special thanks to Nixley Zenner Carol Liebner Line Black-Peterson Brittany Robinette Leiter Don Darch Michelle Bastard Nancy Billows The audiobook-loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shout-outs, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com Forward slash audiobook loving. We thank you for your support.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' podcast, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, Viviana Enchantress of If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.